views expressed on this program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and are not necessarily those of this station, its management, or other advertisers. You're listening to Transformation Talk Radio. This show's audio was via a Skype call. Are you ready to stop stress, anxiety, and low self-esteem from running your life? Join award-winning author Dr. Friedemann Schaub from Empowerment Radio as he addresses some of the most prevailing challenges in our day-to-day lives. Find out how you can use the power of your mind to overcome self-sabotaging patterns and build a solid foundation of confidence and self-respect. Learn cutting-edge tools and approach every day with great ease, joy, and purpose. This is the time to empower yourself. Now, here's your host, Dr. Friedemann Schaub. Welcome to Empowerment Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Friedman, and we are tackling another great and challenging topic of our day-to-day lives. I mean, I love to look at the nooks and crannies of our lives that we somehow accept, tolerate, or struggle with that are still in need and also have the opportunity to be much better. And I'm talking especially about relationships. Now, I'm not talking about relationships only with the people we care about or those that we are really struggling with. I'm talking about the relationships with all aspects of our life, including, of course, the relationship with ourself. Now, today is a goodie because this is a topic that I have been struggling with for a long time until I met my wife about 20 years ago now. And uh, so I want to share with you a little bit about that journey. And I can imagine that some of you are struggling with that as well. Now, before we go there, let's listen to these statements and just notice what happens inside of you. It is hard to be honest. Honesty is a limiting resource. I cannot control whether I am honest or not. Honesty is the root of all evil. It's wrong to want to be honest when so many people are lying. More honesty means more problems. I can either be honest or be happy. Now, that sounds all strange, doesn't it? Now, honesty is a value of mine, and I think for many of you, you also would say, no, I I love being honest. So when you hear it, though, and when you imagine how your mindset would have probably been shaped if you would have heard those statements every day as you grew up. Maybe you would look at honesty a little bit more, you know, with uh, suspicion. Maybe you would reject it. Maybe you would become president of the United States. Who knows? But the point is that it's not about honesty, what we talk about, but it's about how our beliefs can change the relationship to one of the most probably central 
parts of our life, whether we like it or not. And what I'm talking about is money. Yes, money. And how many of us are not really liking to talk about money simply because either we feel there is never enough or those statements with money sound much more familiar and much more true. It's hard to have money. Money is a limiting resource. I cannot control whether I have money or not. Money is the root of all evil. It's wrong to want to have money when so many people are poor. More money means more problems. I can either have money or be happy. Now that sounds more right, right? <laughs> but why? Why do we struggle with money? Why do so many people feel almost ashamed or dirty when we are dealing with money or talking about money? It's kind of kept as a secret. Do you have money? Do you make money? How do you spend your money? That's something you really don't want to share with anyone, even in couples. I often hear this from my clients that, you know, often the man takes care of the money and and the wife feels like, well, I'm getting my allowances, but that's all. And, uh, and there is nothing more for me. And I don't really know how to even write or balance a checkbook. So money is a very iffy topic. And I think there is something about money that we have a hard time with. And I want to explore a little bit why that is and how we can turn this around. Because is it really true that money is bad? Or have people abused money for bad things? Just like people have abused power since ever mankind existed. Now, my money story started when I was a child. Uh, I grew up with parents that I thought were pretty well off. My parents were doctors and um, had a flourishing practice. So I was surprised when I heard my parents fighting about money, not only one time, but many times. And I didn't really understand what was actually the reason, because we seemed to have a nice house and cars and everything seemed to be okay, but there was tension. And there was always this sense of uh, whatever the topic was, that money was not enough. And so one day when I was 13 years old, I was hiking with my dad in the Austrian Alps and um, he shared for, with me for the first time that when he grew up, and I knew that, but I didn't know the rest. When he grew up, they didn't have a lot of money because his dad died when he was five years old. And so his mother had to raise my father and uh, his three sisters all by herself on a little farm with a few chicken and I think a pig or two. And so they made it barely. But then when World War II broke out and they had to give a lot away and they lost most of what they had, they really struggled. And it was often that my father was lying in bed at night hungry simply because they didn't have enough to eat and you know, a, a soup mainly with water and a little cabbage does only go that far. My aunts, his sisters, who were a little bit older, they were walking sometimes 60 miles for days from farm to farm 
to beg, literally beg for a little bit of flour or maybe some some potatoes or some butter, something that they could use. And you know, often they were told no. And sometimes people were generous and were sharing, even though they didn't have that much. But what my father felt during that time is that money is something that can always be taken away. Money is something that can always create hardship and hunger. And for him, that belief of having to worry about money overshadowed so much of his life. And even though he made money, as soon as maybe there was a little dip in the practice or there was an unexpected bill, his anxiety came out as anger and frustration. And so that was his shadow that then was cast on me because from that point on, I thought, okay, money is something really bad. Uh, And I chose to not think about it. So my way out was to avoid money. Not to avoid making money, but to avoid thinking about it. When I made money, I spent it. I didn't save it. I didn't want to really get a headache about it because I didn't want to fall into that same mindset that my father had been for so many years. And I believe many of you have similar stories. Maybe you grew up in also you know, environment where your parents were struggling with money. Maybe you were told that money doesn't grow in trees and so you have to really think hard about how you spend it. Maybe you were given those old rundown clothes of your siblings because your parents didn't have enough and you always compared yourself to your neighbors and you felt like, well, they have the new shoes and they have better clothes and I'm really not that good enough. And so that makes me feel, again, that money makes you a better person or a more valuable person. So think about for a moment what your money imprints are and what your money mindset is. And think about how that may have then affected how you were dealing with money how you were maybe using money in ways that it keeps you feeling trapped or you focus on money in a way that just makes you feel always somehow limited by it. Now, what we want to work on today or talk about today is how to shift that, how to identify in the first place your money mindset and how it may limit you and how money may be something much easier to relate to than you think, and how to replace limiting beliefs around money and finances. Because limiting beliefs are those filters of the subconscious mind. Sometimes I talk about how limiting beliefs are like the laws of our own inner universe. When you have a limiting belief, you basically are seeing through those, uh, yeah, those distorted glasses at something that other people may see completely differently. And that is what happened for me when I met my wife and she just didn't have the same imprints, the same programmings about money. She actually had a very, you know, kind of open mind about it. She felt this is energy, this is uh, 
some neutral resource. This is something that I enjoy when I receive it. I love to see what it can do for me. I love to see what difference it can make for others. So she saw money so much more as something positive in the flow that just needs to be respected, appreciated, and attended to, just like you would with your physical health or with your animals or your environment or your relationships. And and so that is when I learned that when we take stewardship of our life, and approach each of his aspects, even money, or especially money, with a sound mixture of commitment, curiosity, and creativity, those negative associations and patterns fall away. They become neutralized. But if you want to really shift out of this consciousness that limits you in whatever way, and we're going to talk about it after the break, around money, then you need to identify and replace those limiting beliefs. And that's what we're going to tackle after the break. So stay tuned. We will be right back. Please join us for a transformational conference with five. That's right, five of the leading pioneers in the fields of science and spirituality, all in one place. Join best-selling authors and teachers, Greg Braden, Dr. Bruce Lipton, Lynn McTaggart, Dr. Joe Dispenza, and Lee Carroll in both individual workshops as well as a weekend of keynote presentations and panel discussions. At this extraordinary event, you'll get to experience some of the brightest leaders of our world today, empowering you with groundbreaking new information, deep wisdom, and practical tools to transform your life. Come connect with others and expand your consciousness in beautiful Nanaimo on Vancouver Island in British Columbia, June 14th through 19th. For more information or to register for what some are expecting to be one of the best conferences of 2018, visit shalohaproductions.com. That's S-H-A-L-O-H-A productions.com or visit the individual speakers' websites. Have you ever wondered if there's a way to heal the deep, hidden inner issues, wounds, beliefs, and traumas? The journey into spiritual healing engages people in all areas of their lives to heal themselves and others. Tune in each month on Transformation Talk Radio as Dr. Jaffe brings conversations of healing of body, mind, and spirit as he merges the excellence of traditional medicine with the beauty of spiritual healing. For more information about Dr. Jaffe, this show, and his work, visit drjaffemd.com. Practice living in wholeness with the body tune-up. Six classes for $89 designed for radical self-healing and self-regeneration. Heal the deepest root of any challenge. The mental body was programmed in negativity, not good enough, separate from source. You're too much. You'll never make it. The emotional body holds all the pain and trauma of emotional suppression, all the pain from this life and life's past. The spiritual body is the place you connect with your higher power, your higher self, with the image and likeness of the one. The physical body houses and expresses the other three bodies every day. Go to corneliastephanie.com. Evolve, become a practitioner. We need to heal, integrate, and bring into wholeness and harmony the physical body, addressing all the other bodies in order to live in our true, authentic nature. 
What is a brilliant culture and how do we create them? Why are they important? Claudette Rowley has created a breakthrough five-step process to help you align your culture with your business strategy for exceptional results. Looking for a culture that drives organizational excellence? Listen to Cultural Brilliance Radio, the second and fourth Friday of each month at 10 a.m. Pacific and 1 p.m. Eastern on Transformation Talk Radio. To learn more or work with Claudette, visit culturalbrilliance.com. Welcome back to Empowerment Radio. We are talking about money and limiting beliefs about money, limiting money mindsets, and how you can shift those and have a much more neutral or positive relationship to money. Now, if you have a story that you would like to share about money, how you shifted out of scarcity consciousness or how you shifted away from seeing money as something more negative, and then started to embrace it in a more positive and empowering way. Or if you have any questions on how to do that shift, call in at 800-930-2819. That's 800-930-2819. And you can also just type in a question or a comment into the chat box on Transformation Talk Radio. Well. Kevin writes that I feel that I have not enough money when I look at the ads on TV or the internet. Somehow they tell me I don't have enough. I need to spend more to fit in and to measure up, to be adequate. Otherwise, I am not enough. How can I shift this? Well, when you have that kind of mindset, then you basically feel like money buys you worth, worth in the eyes of others, but also a sense of self-worth. And that's definitely what uh, ads are all about. I mean, if ads would tell you, you have everything you need, there is nothing else for you to purchase, be happy and go your way, well, they probably wouldn't do their jobs because they want to sell you something. But we do get bombarded by ads. The other day, I heard that there are two or 3,000 ads per day that we are seeing, often subconsciously as we are browsing on the internet or just watching TV or listening on the radio, but it just is a bombardment of that not having enough or not being enough message. So I understand that this is something that really makes you struggle with money. But first of all, try to think about what is your identity? Because money is not who you are. Money is not your identity and money doesn't define you just like your job, your relationship, your your dog doesn't define you. They are all simply aspects, extensions of you and you can use money as energy to manage, to work, to play with, whatever. But it's an extension. It's not really who you are. And I think just bringing it back to yourself will also make you feel, you know, less prone to get triggered because you don't identify yourself with what you should or not purchase, but more with 
who you are, which is invaluable, something you cannot really buy because there's only one Kevin like you, and that is more than enough. But then also try to understand how this may have been something from the past that you already have gotten as a message. And this is what we want to talk about, these patterns and these limiting beliefs and how you can replace them. So before we go there, let's talk about those patterns. Now, Kevin, you described the pattern of wanting to maybe spend more to be more. And those are, you know, the pattern of the competitor. And the competitor is someone who feels like, I need to keep up, keep up with the Joneses. I need to make sure that I have that new watch and that I am in line for the newest iPhone and that that Tesla is something I am getting in the garage because that all makes me feel like, yes, I am somebody in our society. And and often... Those are people that have been growing up poor, that saw themselves on the wrong side of the track and they have a deep-seated insecurity about themselves because maybe there was any kind of ridicule happening for the wrong clothes or maybe there was a feeling of, yeah, shame for a parent who wasn't making that much money or wasn't that educated. And so money was always something that was hard to get and almost like I was not born into it. And so it matters so much more to me because I never had it. And so that's a competitor one. And the belief is really about money is who you are. And then there are the avoider patterns. You know, I mentioned myself not wanting to deal, not wanting to look at it. You know, some people don't look at their bills. They're piling up in the drawer or they don't pay their taxes or they don't even have a savings account. And and there is a limiting belief about that money is too hard to handle and that money causes problems. And that is often connected to fighting parents, people you know that grew up in a household where money was maybe hardship. It could be after divorce or maybe a parent lost a job. And so money was always that point of contention. That's when the dad got drunk because of the money problem. So that when the mother cried because they didn't really have enough to, you know, maybe even buy some meat for the weekends. And so that is something where money, just like in my case, is is something where you just don't want to think about it. You just go into that uh, kind of denial. And unfortunately, it doesn't make you feel more empowered with money. It, whatever you avoid, it becomes bigger and it becomes in your mind something that becomes more overwhelming and therefore even more to be avoided. Then there are the spenders, you know, those people that are getting a dollar, spending a dollar. As soon as they have made some money, it burns a hole in their pocket and they just want to use it, get rid of it, buy something that brings them fun. You know, it's like the consumers that just get a high from spending that money. It's like this almost chasing uh, something down, the, the treasure hunt, and you find it and then you feel really happy. And, and often in that case, money is something that, uh, 
you know, feels, again, more as a resource to bring more joy into life. Maybe there is a greater sense of emptiness. Often those uh, people that uh, have that spender mentality have been growing up with spenders. People that didn't really feel like that they were, you know, interested in having more, but it needed to be fun. It needed to bring some kind of entertainment and and tomorrow is another day. So that kind of uh, procrastination about money is often underneath that that spender mentality. And it can also be a rebellious uh, response to a parent who was a penny pincher. And it was always very tight. And then you say, now, as soon as I'm going to make money, I will be the opposite. How often do we do that? Just become the opposite of our parents, only to find out that that is not really who we are either. And then there are those that are the pleasers. Those that are, as soon as they have money, spend it on their friends. They give generous gifts to their family. They are giving great donations to the neighborhood uh, homeless shelter. Wonderful things, but at the end, it's also a form of not really managing the money. And that is often connected to the belief of not being enough and that money is able to buy love, recognition, or some kind of an appreciation. And then there are the boasters. Those that just love to wheel and deal, invest and sell, and they may have the most money that you can imagine. They may be gazillionaires, but if they can make an extra dime because somehow they found a great deal, their day is made. They are happy. And for them, money is more like a sport, a challenge, uh, but also a purpose. And it doesn't matter what they can do with money. It's all about just making it. Money in itself becomes the reason to be. And for those, money is power. It equals success. Money is their identity and reason to be. And again, that is a very distorted and limiting connection to an energy because all of a sudden it becomes the center of attention. And the last one that I want to talk about as a pattern and the belief underneath is the saver. The one that is looking at every penny, who is afraid of spending anything, who always, you know, maybe just wears out the shoes for 10 years, who is still uh, driving a clunker car, who is somehow tight and miserly because they certainly see money as security. Not having money is something that is haunting them. So they feel the best when they have the most in the bank account, even though they are not really any spending this money ever. And those are people that are often in their older years, still not saying, well, I have you know maybe 10 years to live. Let's live a little. No, it's the same story because money becomes for them the security blanket. Money becomes for them the gravity to stand on. And that is, again, a very limiting perspective of money, giving money that power to make you feel safe because money 
cannot make you feel safe as these examples show, no matter how much money you have, they still don't feel safe. So how can we change this? Maybe you have recognized yourself in one or the other of those patterns and beliefs. And maybe you're saying like, well, great, now I know I'm a competitor or I'm a saver or a spender and avoider, but now what? What are you gonna do with that? When we come back, we will talk about how to change those mindsets and the underlying beliefs. know how to achieve wellness in all areas of your life? Hi, I'm Mary Jane Mack. Signs of wellness are a capacity to love and ability to nurture, a sense of purpose, a good sense of humor and plenty of fun in your life, a concern for others and a respect for the environment, a conscious commitment to personal excellence, a sense of balance and integrated lifestyle, and capacity to cope with whatever life presents. Well, people enjoy their lives and want them to last as long as possible. That's why the wellness mindset usually accompanies other constructive healthy lifestyle habits. By adopting a wellness mindset and behaviors like eating well, taking the right nutrition for the body, exercising, and saying affirmations are just a few things to structure a healthy system of values and beliefs. I will be your wellness coach to help you achieve a wellness lifestyle. Call us at 888-777-4232. That's 888-777-4232. And visit us at maryjanemack.com. Ignite your inner magic on Grow Your Soul Radio with Jane Machanga. Tune in each month on Transformation Talk Radio as host Jane Machanga explores how to overcome your fears to help you gain the inspiration you need to awaken your path to joy. Learn the way to life mastery and the enlightened path with Grow Your Soul Radio. For more information on Jane Matanga and her work, visit enlightened-path.com. Conscious Confidence Radio, a timeless wisdom with Sarah Main. Tune in each month on Transformation Talk Radio and join Sarah on an adventurous journey to the deeper level of meaning to move beyond today's world of constant change, confusion, and uncertainty beyond the shadow of fear. This hit show explores key concepts such as confidence, values, and attitude in a dynamic way. To learn more about Sarah and her work, visit sarahmain.com. Hi, I'm Steve Kramer of Spirit Fire Radio, and I believe that meditation changes everything. It leads us in the direction of greater well-being, and that's a fact. I struggled with meditation for years. I understood the principles, but I found it hard to incorporate them into my everyday life. Spirit Fire's meditation practice changed that. It's called the Practice of Living Awareness, and it's taught in 14 steps. These are 14 tools that I can use in any moment on and off the cushion. Steps like smile, flow, and ground of being support my clarity of mind while I'm navigating the ups and downs of modern life. That's why it's called the Practice of Living Awareness. If you'd like to add meditation to your daily experience, the Practice of Living Awareness is free, online, and it's suited for any level of practitioner. Visit spiritfire.com for more information. And be sure to check out Spirit Fire's meditation retreats in Western Massachusetts. It's all there at spiritfire.com. Welcome back. 
to Empowerment Radio. We are talking about limiting beliefs around money and how to change them. Now, you have probably identified already some of your limiting beliefs, and if not, well, it's very simple. What you can do is just go back and think about this week or the week before or the time around the taxes and uh, think about what were your thoughts around money. What did you think when you were at night in bed and maybe you had a knot in your stomach because you were contemplating your bank account or how much you owe the IRS or anything like that? What were your deepest conversations with your spouse about money and how to deal with it? What are you telling your kids about money? And then take all of that and go back and think about the dinner table that you grew up with and what were the conversations there? And what did your parents tell you or model to you in regards to money? And what did you feel as a kid about it? Did you feel connected to it, attached to it? Did you feel that you always wanted more? Did you feel the joy of buying maybe some candy when you got something? Did you compare yourself to your friends or the kids from the neighborhood who seem to have so much more or maybe so much less? All of this may imprint or may have imprinted on you and may still affect you and how you are dealing with money. So just take a little inventory and then think about how those limiting beliefs are limiting in the first place. Limiting because they limit you. Negative because they make you feel anxious, frustrated, powerless. They may make you feel less than, insecure, unworthy, or they may make you feel greedy. They may make you feel you want more. They make you feel almost obsessed. They make you feel that money is a big, big focal point in your life that is somehow crowding out things that may be more important, like your family, like your health like your peace of mind. So if you have all of those things kind of thought about and contemplated, then take a piece of paper and divide it in two columns. And on the left column, you're just going to write down all those beliefs and thoughts that you just discovered. Like, it's hard to have money. Money is a limited resource. I cannot control whether I have money or not. Money is the root of all evil. The things that we just also talked about before, write them down the way you see them. And then on the right side, you're going to write down what you want to think instead. What do you want to believe instead? For example, it's hard to have money. What about if you turn it upside down and say it's easy to have money? Now, of course, you will say, yeah, well, it's easy to say this, but it remains the fact that it's hard. Well, who knows? Because the point is that if you are changing a belief from a negative to a more positive empowering, at the beginning, you will not necessarily believe it right away. 
But what you do is you're opening your mind to another option. It's almost like you have been just seeing one door and that's the only door that you felt. That's a scarcity door. That's a door that says basically there is never enough. It's always a problem. You get always a stomach ache. And all of a sudden there is a right door. And that right door says, oh, wow, it's easy to have money. And then maybe because you see that other perspective, you will see more and more examples of that it can be actually easy. I love to collect stories about that. The other day I read about a, a homeless person who was rescuing someone who was uh, running out of gas, a woman who didn't have gas and uh, she was alone uh, somewhere, I think in England, and she was scared. And uh, and so the guy helped her. The guy, first of all, he kept her safe by, you know, she was alone somewhere in an area that wasn't that safe. And then he also gave her a few bucks that he had so that she could gas up and, and get going. So basically he had pretty much nothing and he gave her that little he had. Well, the nice thing about the story was that of course, with the help of social media, something like this goes viral and all of a sudden people were seeing this man for what he was a really good saint in the moment, a little hero who was helping someone who in general may have just overlooked him on a day-to-day -day basis and and was commit, uh, compassionate and, and, and really caring. And so people were collecting money for this man. And he had, after just a few uh, days, so much money for him collected that he could get off the street and started renting an apartment and get his life on a better track. Or this other man who was walking every day, I think for almost two hours from home to work because there was no bus line, there was no connection and he didn't make a lot of money. So he had to walk two hours to work, two hours back. And he was already in his late 50s or early 60s, but he had to provide for his family. Yeah, it's a man who doesn't complain. A man who just is fully committed and just keeps on going. And again, that story was somehow uh, published in some social media outlet. People admired his commitment, admired his care, collected money for him, and he could buy a car. Doesn't have to do two hours or four hours of walking because it's two hours to work and two hours back. So there is a way that somehow money can flow in very unknown ways. So it doesn't have to be hard. It can be something you can be open to also. You. Then money is the root of all evil. Well, what if you write down on that right side, money is neutral. But there is a lot of wonderful and positive things that can be done with it. Or what about it's wrong to want to have money when so many people are having nothing? Well, then you can write on the right side, I can only be of service to those that have no money if I have something to give. It's like you cannot really help someone who is ill when you're ill yourself. And then I can't either have money or be happy. 
what about saying that, yeah, money doesn't buy happiness, but money can make it easier to create happiness through, for example, getting help, support, experiences, learning, and of course, through being able to give and support others. So you get the gist of it. Just really use the negative beliefs, turn them around and internalize them with emotion, not just as thoughts, but really feel that there is a kernel of truth to every positive belief. Because if there is one thing I learned in my 50 plus years about life, that reality is really relative. We are making it up on a daily basis. Whatever we see is seen through our own eyes. We are all living in our own individual versions of the universe, of the earth. And, and so we have maybe the challenge, but also the opportunity to create in our minds the world that we want to live in, you know. That's the same about money. That's the same about how we look. That's the same about the country we live in. That's the same about our kids. Uh, we see our kids maybe as saints and superstars. Others see them maybe as brats and rather mediocre. Doesn't matter to us because we believe in that what we believe. And what is the truth? Who knows? Doesn't really matter because in the end, what really matters is how you feel, how you act, and how you engage in life. And that is what really makes a difference. So once you have on the right side this new belief, that what you want to believe instead, then back it up. And backing up is really the key to changing a belief. Because if you have a belief just as words, you know, yes, you can do 100 affirmations a day, but it's again, it's a word. It doesn't necessarily, it's a series of words. It doesn't necessarily sink in. So in order for that to sink in, you have to really get it something that gives it life, that gives it some evidence that this new belief can be true. And so this is what I just said about story finding about that those beliefs are true. You think about your own life and your own stories where that belief was true. You think about the future and you think about, well, how can money become a source or a bridge to more happiness? Or how can I see money more as a place of opportunities and not a greater place of, of problems and all of those things? So you collect every day. You collect a little bit more evidence that your new relationship to money is right for you. It may have been that what your parents were doing in the past, that limiting belief, but you choose differently. And then you change your behavior. And that is where you're sealing it down. You're sealing the new belief down by having the direction of your mind, by kind of strengthening that new direction through evidence and then acting as if. So the acting as if is, let's say, you know, you have this belief that it's hard to have money or money is a limited resource. Well, every time you find a penny, you pick it up and you celebrate and you feel like, wow, I am a money magnet. This is wonderful. 
or every time there is unexpected money coming in, you are receiving it, no matter how much it is, with an open heart, with a smile on your face, and with that feeling, yes, see, I am in that flow of abundance. When you make a purchase, you actually enjoy the energy of money and the exchange that happens. You're not just like, you know, I don't know, becoming like a, a very, uh, you know, tight fisted person who kind of doesn't want to part way with the dollar, but you are giving it to whatever you're purchasing there and you are receiving and you're enjoying, whether it's, you know, you buy yourself that, uh, you know, that beautiful uh, bowl of fruit or you are paying for the electric bill or whatever it is, when you use money for an exchange, you focus on that, what you get back instead. That feels good. You know, right? Look at the bill and think about, wow, I'm so glad that in this cold winter we had heat and light. That's awesome. I'm so happy that I'm allowing myself to have that, what usually I say, oh, it's $3 too much. And I'm going to buy it anyhow, and then I'm going to really savor it. And then I feel like, well, thank you, money, for being able to give me that experience. And then also see money as an inhale and an exhale. Feel like that there is some beauty about being honest around money. You know, some people, when let's say there is a, you know, they're in a restaurant and uh, the waiter has made a mistake in the bill and uh, it wasn't their favor. So they have, you know, $10 more than they should have. Well, what would you do? Go back. Tell him, sorry. And I think, you know, that honesty with money or that where you feel like, yeah, I, I want to honor also other people's money by showing that I respect their work and I respect that uh, it's theirs and just that kind of honesty also creates then for you that image of no money doesn't create evil money is not bad i can actually do a lot of good things and money can when i pay attention to it when i become a steward of it money can make me even a better person and then also enjoy the giving the giving part not the giving for the purpose of buying approval or buying friendships, but the giving because it feels joyful to bring joy through a gift, through a support, through something that you feel like, yeah, that is exactly what this person needs. And and there again, you can see that neutral energy of money is like a seed that is planted in other people's lives that can also then flourish in their hands and in their hearts. So, what I would like you just to do is to, if you're not driving, close your eyes for a moment. Let's do a little meditation on that. Just a brief moment to go inside and seal it all down. So what I would like you just to imagine for a moment that as you're closing your eyes, And as you let your breath become nice and slow, and maybe we can hear a little meditation music in the background. 
I would like you just to feel your breath. Letting your breath slow your mind down. Noticing when you inhale, it happens naturally and easily and effortlessly. And when you let go, you can just gently release, knowing as you let go, that next breath is already ready for you to be received. Feel that the breath, the inhale, the brief holding, the exhale is a perfect metaphor for all the energy in life, including money. And let yourself through your breath be reminded that there is a constant circulation and flow that you are a part of. In the past, maybe you were more prone to only inhale and never let go. Or maybe you only released and never held on. Maybe you were holding it so tightly that somehow you were not willing and able to let something new in because you never let anything out. Notice with your own breathing, when you try to watch now even closer, inhaling, holding, and exhaling, and maybe you just try this each for five seconds. Inhaling for five, holding for five, exhaling for five. Maybe you notice that one of those three aspects is harder for you. And maybe you can then also notice that this is a pattern in your life, that it's harder for you to let in. Maybe it's harder for you to hold and preserve, or maybe it's really difficult for you to release. But you can change, and changing is easy. You have changed many times in your life. You have grown in many ways. And so you can also change and release all those thoughts and beliefs about money. Just imagine how you can be a steward of your life and a steward of your finances. Imagine how you would, as a steward, take care of a garden, how you would prepare the soil, plant the seeds, water and fertilize, how you would protect the seedlings and support the growth until one day you're ready to harvest the fruit. 
But in the meantime, you would be committed to your garden and all the plants within it. You would be a steward who would feel a mixture of pride, awe, responsibility, caring and commitment. And you would trust, patiently trust that the seeds will flourish. Even if you cannot really see them, even if you cannot really know what's happening inside, you know as a steward of your garden, the fruit will come. Now see yourself as a steward of your life and you can choose to attend to money in a similar way. See that money is neutral, not good or bad. It's just energy, like a seed that has potential to grow and feed you and feed others. And like the seeds in your garden, you don't want to waste them and plant them on concrete. You want to take care of it with awareness, appreciation but also use it in ways that bring you a greater sense of joy and purpose. And just like that steward of your garden, you would then, when you have the fruits, you would consume them with great delight and joy. And in that way, you can also now spend money happily Allow yourself to enjoy it. It's not important how much you spend. It's important how much energy and appreciation you put into the spending. Feeling that gratitude for the light, the heat, the water in your home, the ability to call your friends, the ability to move around in your car. Don't take it all for granted, but take it in and appreciate that this is what the energy of money has been allowing you to experience and enjoy. And like the steward of your garden, you trust that with the right care and consciousness, money will be a normal part of your life heart that will continue to grow and expand and in your hands bring a lot of joy and positivity to you and the world around you. So the next time you hold money in your hands, look at it as that neutral energy that you can choose like a seed to plant and let it bear fruit in whatever way that is right for you. And then you can take a deep breath in and exhale. Unfortunately, we are already at the end, but if you have any questions or would like to get more information about my work, go to thefearandanxietysolution.com or email at info at thefearandanxietysolution.com. Until next time, I'm your host, Dr. Friedman. Thank you for tuning in and thank you for your willingness and commitment to grow.
Goodbye. You've been listening to Empowerment Radio with Dr. Friedemann Schaub. Join Dr. Friedemann the first and third Wednesday each month at 11 a.m. Pacific as he addresses some of the most prevailing challenges of our daily lives. Discover how you can use the power of your mind to overcome stress, anxiety, and overwhelm and create a solid foundation of confidence and self-esteem. Learn cutting-edge tools so that you can approach every day with great ease, joy, and purpose. To learn more about what Dr. Schaub can do for you, visit the fearandanxietysolution.com. 